Blog Talk Radio.
Everything begins with an honest, open conversation. The empire is exactly that place, and you can just weigh in, listen, or debate with others about topics ranging from childcare, sex, religion, and politics. We talk about the things that matter, the things we experience, and we make plans for how we can better live with change. Real talk, real people, real issues with real solutions. Call 646-478-5625 every Sunday and Wednesday at 8 Central on Blog Talk Radio to get Empire with the Empress. Or you can log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Empire, where the Empress speaks and the Empire listens. I was about to say it's Wednesday. It is Tuesday, March the. Um, you know what? What is the date? It, uh, uh, Doctor Rick Wallace, are you here? What's the date? I don't even know the date. That's how flustered it's, it's the, I am. It's the what third. is the date? It is the third. Okay, <laughs> it is Tuesday. <laughs> it is Tuesday, March the third, and it's sad when you have to already ask when when the date is. It's like the time is moving extremely fast. But aside from that, the world is just almost like ever changing and so quickly, so that I can't keep up. Uh, before we get too far into the show, I promise to uh, do a special shout-out to my girl, Danielle Maltimore. She is going to be featured this weekend. She's a new neo-soul artist that will be performing this weekend, March the 8th. That is this weekend. I have to make sure because, you know, I'm just not getting it totally correct every every time. I'm not on all cylinders yet, but March the 8th. 2015 doors will open at 6 p.m. at the Clariton Hotel downtown in Birmingham, Alabama. That's 5216 Messer Airport Highway. And admission is $12. VIP is $25. Food is included. And she's going to have some special guests. You're talking about a song. Bird. I heard this young lady out at one of my favorite places, the Plum Bar downtown, where you can just sit back and be grown and not be bothered with the whole lot. But this sister's voice caught me on getting out of the car. And I I have not known who she was until probably about two weeks ago when one of the flyers was floating around Facebook. And um, I just kind of clicked on the song, and I was like, that's her. That is her. We're talking about a real artist, real songs, real lyrics. She will be performing her album all penned by herself in her true experience. It's called My Life, My Truth, My Story. Those things I don't know, but truth just resonates with me, and I think that is why I was connected by the universe to her way back then. This was probably a year and a half ago that she was performing, and I hadn't been able to find out who she was because I was just not in my right mind back then. I was just trying to chill, but I was chilling with her music, and she is making it happen. If you have any questions regarding this weekend, running really, really close to the to the end of time for that, but doors will open again at 6 p.m. Showtime is at 7.15. It's at the Clarion Hotel, 5216 Messer Airport Highway in Birmingham, Alabama. You can call 205 874 
5986. But the good news is, is that besides us having good artistry, we're actually having some real justice in the world today. The three young ladies have been apprehended by the Atlanta police who beat up uh, Mariah Porter on about two weeks ago. And, of course, we talked about this on the last show. This is one part of the reasons as to why we're having a show tonight about uh, the supposed angry black woman. And I had in a prior show said we're not angry, we're not mad, we're not we're not that, like we are not. But if I'm totally honest and truthful about the state of black women in particular, uh, and I think that was a distinction in my changing the title at the um, – of, of Dr. Wallace that black women in particular are angry. We are mad and we are doing some things that are just not uh, particularly characteristic of who we should be, how we should be functioning. Um, I would say this, today was a really, really long day for me. I um, did not know that I had been summoned to court. I had some personal issues that have been ongoing since separation and divorcement from my ex-husband. And it just seems like every time I turn around, I'm going into court. So I've made a decision today that I'm going to go ahead and study law. I'm able to, with the degree that I have, to go ahead and get the education. Since I'm down at the courthouse all the damn time, it seems like I go to the courthouse at least twice a month every year since 2009. And had I been studying, I probably would have my JD by now. I mean, my job will pay for it. I pretty much know how the law works with regard to child and domestic relations sorts of things, and it shouldn't have to happen that way, but that's why I'm angry today. I was did not realize that I was angry and mad until I had to just sit inside of myself and say, like, why is this, like, bothering me so bad because I haven't done anything? It's just frustrating, and I thought that maybe this, this show was so appropriate for me. Maybe I need to take notes myself. So, uh, Dr. Wallace, I will owe you a deductible. You've already told me I owe you in other ways for taking you away from your baby. So I know I owe you. I owe you probably a deductible. I just hope it's not really expensive because uh, you've, you're more and more becoming my psychologist uh, counselor. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Dr. Wallace, Dr. Rick Wallace is on the line with us tonight. He's been on one other show with us, and I'm proud to say that he has been designated as my psychiatrist. I don't know if you have a psychiatry degree, but, like, it's helped me so much in the last couple of uh, days. And I know it may seem, like, uh, funny or trivial to some, but when you hear the truth and it's applicable to what you're actually living, then that's the real work. I think that's the real work of life and what you do as a profession. So again, if you would, just introduce yourself and your specialty with uh, not just helping me, but how you uh, do your life's work. Okay. Uh, My name is Rick Wallace, uh, Dr. Rick Wallace. Uh, I have... uh, Actually, several degrees. I have a, I do have uh, two degrees in psychology. My doctorate is actually in uh, theology, uh, but mm-hmm. I spe- I have uh, s- several certifications also in uh, family counseling and uh, individual counseling, and I deal on a number of different areas as far as that's concerned. Uh, I di- I am starting to shift my specialties as far as 
counseling and engagement from uh, a more broader spectrum to trying to deal specifically with people in our community because at, at the present, um, I've gone mm-hmm. probably in the last four months from being 95 to 97% of my clientele being non-black to probably about 90% mm-hmm. being non-black. I'm trying to basically shift that down. But when building a business, you have to build a business around the market. And the market for mm-hmm. uh, life enhancement, counseling, you know, psychotherapy, all those things are not uh, prevalent in the black community. Black people don't go looking for help. They don't want help. The, the idea of needing counseling is taboo in the black community. So we don't we don't tend to seek help uh, as a you know as a collective. So uh, what I'm doing is I'm trying to find mm-hmm. ways to to brand it, to package it, uh, you know, to brand it, to package it, to. Uh, make it more palatable because it's not what you call it. It's what you do. So, you know, we might, we, we, we mm-hmm. may not call it psychotherapy. We may call it, uh, you know, uh, some type of coaching, whatever the situation is. Those are some things that I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. But um, when you asked me, I believe it was Sunday when you asked me, you was like, man, mm-hmm. I would love to have you on the show. I said, what, you know, I asked you what time it was. I said, okay, then put me down. And um and and then uh-huh. I realized later on that it was I needed to get over and see my my baby you know my daughter and uh, uh-huh. like I said when I left she wasn't happy but uh, <laughs> I think it was something you know I think that it's important that you know I can weigh in on this and maybe add some light to it what I, what I will say before uh, we move forward in this uh-huh. is that this is a very complex issue and the source. Uh-huh of what we're going to deal with is it, it, uh it, it's it's a multitudinous uh source it's not one singular thing that's happened it's a combination of things including mm-hmm. environment uh history uh mm-hmm. life circumstances and situations uh you know the mm-hmm. erroneous concepts and perceptions of what being a strong woman is and I also want to mm-hmm. make sure that we understand just because we are talking about our women tonight doesn't excuse our men, and it doesn't mean that our men don't have issues. We are people that are scarred mm-hmm. psychologically uh, from slavery. We never dealt with it. We've never mm-hmm. really truly dealt with it, and we're consistently being traumatized because we have the attack against us has never uh, has uh, never. Uh, ceased. It's been something that's going on from day one. So we have never had a time to recuperate, recover, uh, deal with our traumatic experiences. And what we've done is we actually perpetuated our traumatic experiences onto our children. uh, And we perpetuated Mm -hmm. it on down through generation after generation. And it's now become this Mm -hmm. compound issue that's brought everything with it. And and we talk about angry women, and we, we, you know, we probably won't have time to get to everything, but we have to understand the origin. We have to understand the definition. Mm-hmm. Some of what we're talking about is anger. A lot of it is bitterness. Um, and a mm-hmm. lot of it is bitterness that is entrenched and embedded in issues that we don't want to talk about. And some mm-hmm. of it is environmental. When you look at any time that you look at something and you look at uh, the vast majority of the black population lives at or below the poverty line, Uh, 
And statistics show mm-hmm. that when you uh, have an impoverished group, the crime rate goes up, hostility goes up, violence mm-hmm. goes up. It's mm-hmm. just natural. We just happen to be a group of people that are most impoverished. So it's 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 uh, prevalent in our group as a collective. Now there are a lot of other issues that go along mm-hmm. with that that exacerbated the hypervigilance, the agitation. Uh, the quick tempers, the easily angered, the aggressiveness, uh, all of those are actually mm-hmm. uh, traumatic. Those are all part of scars from traumatic experiences that stem all the way back from slavery. Um, and mm-hmm. I think the person who's probably given uh, the most clarity to that issue is Dr. Joy DeGry. I think I mentioned her uh, on the last show, but Dr. DeGry, mm-hmm. Uh, did an unbelievable job in her book, Post-Traumatic uh, Slave Syndrome. And she talks about all mm-hmm. of these different traumatic experiences that we've uh, endured. For over, we, for over 300-something years, we were in slavery. Then after that, we were released from slavery, but we were never treated for all the traumatic experiences that we went through. Yet we can send a soldier mm-hmm. over to Iraq for nine months, and they're going to experience mm-hmm. a lot of trauma. They're going to lose some friends. Uh, they they may lose a limb themselves. They may go through some things. They may get shot at a bunch of times. Uh, even if they're never injured, they come back with psychological scars. There's trauma. It's called post-traumatic stress disorder. They're going to be treated. Mm-hmm. They're going to have counseling. They're going to go through a process that takes them towards healing. The problem is slaves went through a traumatic experience that no other people on this planet have ever gone through. Nobody's ever endured mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. that intense for that long of a period. And yet, when we were released, mm-hmm. we were not treated. We didn't that were that was no special uh program set up to help us deal with all the sc- psychological scars, all mm-hmm. of the issues with self-hatred, all of the issues with inferiority mm-hmm. complexes, all of the things that came along with that. The contempt that the uh black woman had for the black man because she felt he failed her in protecting her. Uh, and, 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 you know, and the disdain or the disconnection that the black man had for the black woman being that he had been sold away from his family so much that he had no connection to his, his, to, to any woman that he laid with or any progeny that he pro, I mean, that, that he created through procreation. So all of these issues are mm-hmm. traveling down through history, through, t- through the annals of time, and we're moving forward, we're moving forward, and we think we're progressing. But we're not. We're simply mm-hmm. passing on mm-hmm. poison to the next generation. And until we stop and deal with the issues that we're dealing with now, until we look at what's happening now, until the man begins mm-hmm. to uh, take the time to understand the woman, and the woman begins to take the time to look at the man. And see, that's the problem that we have in this generation and the generation before that, generation before that, is as human beings. We have a proclivity to see things from our perspective. That's why there's a saying that's saying there's always two sides to the story. Uh, well, three sides, mm-hmm. your side, their side, and the truth. Well, that's because people tend to tell the story from their perspective. Uh, so we mm-hmm. don't look at things from the perspective of our partners, from the perspective of someone else. We look at things from our perspective. So we are going to always see ourselves as a victim, and that's a major issue. Anytime you place yourself in a position mm-hmm. of a victim, you can never be a victor. You can never be in a position to win mm. as long as you see yourself as a victim. As long as you're the person that this person did wrong, is that person dogged out. And this, as long as that's who you mm-hmm. are, 
you are a victim and you will mm-hmm. never be victorious. You will never be a victor as long as you're walking in the shadow of what everyone did to you. And you don't take the power to mm-hmm. rise up and walk out of it. And see that, you know, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. See, to do that calls for us to release them. And we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we hold it on to it. Well, let me, and we, let me ask. Go ahead. I was going to ask you, you said that we cannot we cannot be victorious over the situation if we claim victim role. And if I'm not, I'm not making an excuse. I'm just simply asking if this is an explanation as to why then women put up this, I'm not going to be a victim. Instead, I'm just going to claim that this ain't bothering me and I am not angry, but I'm snapping at everybody. How can you differentiate between, um, admitting that you are hurt, admitting that something is wrong, and even being able to identify with, because I, I would tell you, I would have told you this time last year, no, I'm not angry, I'm not bitter, I'm not hurt, I'm not a victim. I don't think that I articulate that in what I do, and particularly black men um, see it as, oh, she bitter, she angry, she mad, well, the same set of circumstances could say happen to a, a white woman or happen to an Asian woman. Is it particularly because we're black that this type of um, miscategorizing of our feelings or, or calling us angry and bitter and stuff? Because I'm not even sure even if I'm bitter. I thought that I was just a hurt person who had been dealt a bad hand, and now I'm just not going to crush that, you know, and use that as a tool to keep me from going. And it sounds like um, I may be claiming victim, but just calling it something else. So how how do we even know if we're angry or if well, first we're of all, hold on, hold, bitter? Because I don't let, know that there's let, a... Let, 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 let's kind of deal with that because there's a lot of stuff going on and I don't want to... Get, get get it too murky to where we can't address it. First and foremost, okay. what we have to understand okay. is this is not a genetic issue. Black women are not naturally, okay. automatically angry and aggressive. So that's the first thing that we have to deal with. You want to make it seem like black men are great, uh, aggressive, dangerous, and violent. Black women are aggressive and contemptuous and all of this, and, it, it, and it's some sort of genetic predisposition. It's not. It's environmental. It's situational. It's what we've gone through. You take any woman and put her, what the, put her through what the black woman has gone through collectively over the last 400 years, mm-hmm. and you will get the same type of mentality, the same type of attitude. Now, are white women different in their in, in their persona than black women. Yeah, black women have a little more swag. That's mm-hmm. just natural. You know, there are some things that we come with mm-hmm. spiritually that are superior uh, spiritually than other races. That's just naturally in there. Our uh, pineal gland is larger than any other person's pineal gland, and that's a spiritual center. So, yeah, there are some things that go along with that. But mm-hmm. the behavior that we are seeing from black women and black men, that is environmental. Mm-hmm. That is that comes from mm-hmm. years and years of enduring what we've endured. It makes you a certain way. You have to understand, and this is not giving anyone an excuse for poor behavior, uh, uh, for not taking responsibility for their own lives and, and taking care of themselves, but mm-hmm. it has to be an understanding of what's going on. There is no woman on this mm-hmm. earth that has endured what the black woman has endured. 
There's no woman on this earth that has mm-hmm. endured incest at the level that the black woman has. No woman on this earth that has endured child molestation at the level that the black woman has. There's no woman on this earth that mm-hmm. has gone through the abandonment issues that black women have. And so mm-hmm. when that mm-hmm. happens, those are scars, those are issues, that's pain. And when you pile on top of it, when you tell yourself, you go, when you convince yourself that you can make it, no matter what, but you don't deal mm-hmm. with the issue, mm-hmm. you just cover it up and you keep moving, that festers. And see what mm-hmm. happens is mm-hmm. we anything, anytime, anger is just an emotion. And actually, when anger is used properly, it's a positive emotion. Mm-hmm. Anger is simply an indicator mm-hmm. that someone has done something wrong to you. It, it, mm-hmm. Just like sadness is an indicator of loss. Each emotion is an indicator. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be highly uh, enduring, uh, uh, enduring. They don't last long. They're not meant to last long. So anytime you get angry and then you're consistently mm-hmm. angry, that's not really anger. Mm-hmm. That's bitterness having taken root, mm-hmm. and it comes in the form of, of, of anger. People look at it and say, she's angry. No, anger is something that's situational. You do something to me, I get upset about it, and I deal with it. If I don't deal with it and I allow it to linger, mm-hmm. I start to set up the root of bitterness, and then bitterness takes root and it starts to grow. Now, bitterness is that thing that lasts mm-hmm. for years. Anger doesn't last for years. If you got a person that's, that okay. got wronged by some dude uh, four or five years ago and she say, I'm still angry, no, you're bitter. And that bitterness, and, and, and that's, not an assaultive, that's not an assaultive attack. That's trying to get you to understand what is mm-hmm. taking place. See, anger is emotion. Emotions are not mm-hmm. enduring. They don't last long. You get excited about something, you get, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're happy, whether you're sad or whatever, then you deal with it because that's mm-hmm. what the indicator is for. Somebody mm-hmm. wrongs you, your, your emotions mm-hmm. tell you I'm upset, somebody wronged me. Now you deal with what happened. You either cut them loose, set them straight, deal with it, whatever, and then you move on. But when you start to allow it to linger, then you start to allow something to take place that's dangerous, and that's bitterness. Bitterness will totally destroy your life. You can't have anything worth anything because you destroy it, and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're dealing with that issue. But we have, what you got to understand is so many mm-hmm. different things going on. You're not just dealing with the issues that come out of slavery. You're dealing with things that happen in your life. Mm-hmm. We got a bunch of women who were real without their fathers in their, in their lives. That is enormous. Mm-hmm. That's huge. You know, we always think about boys mm-hmm. when we think about the absence of fathers. But it is the father that gives the mm-hmm. daughter her sense of self-worth. It is the father that sets her up and, mm-hmm. and, and gives her value, that tell you, tells her she's beautiful, that takes her on her first date, that mm-hmm. sets the standard for the man that she will see. And when he is absent, she starts to search mm-hmm. for that affirmation and that validation in other ways. And that is when those men who are out there, those boys, or whatever the situation, depending on her mm-hmm. age, that are out there, who don't know who they are because their father wasn't there. They see her coming. They're trying to validate mm-hmm. themselves, so they run through her. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and, right. And, 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 so, right. And then and they damage. That's the truth. That's the truth personally for me. And and even with knowing that, how in the hell did I get it still wrong? Because. I was just about to ask you. Okay, I, I was I wasn't a slave, I wasn't molested. The hurts and pains of our people collectively, I can appreciate, 
as an explanation for the race of women, but as far as me personally, the the the, the missing father aspect, he was present, but he was not there. Is the exact example and, and testimony that I have for my ex-husband, not to damn him or anything, but it was a choice because I, I I bought into it, not even knowing that. But now that I know that, like, how do I place? And you said the anger is could be healthy. How can I place the anger in a healthy place then? Because I, I by your definition and by what I feel spiritually, I'm not a bitter person, and most black women I don't think are. I think they just That's recycle that same emotion. That, but let, let me explain something. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to. It's like when I'm sitting down. I'm not, you know, very rarely will, will I just come out and tell somebody, you know, you're suffering from a form of psychosis because nobody wants to be told they're crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> when you sit down and you tell another woman, you know, the last thing a woman wants to hear because of the negative connotations that's been placed on it is that she's bitter. You know, mm-hmm. it's like some type mm-hmm. of evil mm-hmm. or something, and they don't know how to deal with that. It's an insult, mm-hmm. but but it's not. Mm-hmm. I had to admit mm-hmm. that I was broken because my father wasn't there. I had to mm-hmm. come to an understanding at a point in my life and realize that a significant part mm-hmm. of my behavior especially behavior towards women. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not a mean or angry. You know, most women, you come through to my past and say, oh, man, he, he's a great guy. He knows how to uh, treat a woman. Mm-hmm. He's all that. But, you know, mm-hmm. he ain't going to be still alone. That used to be me. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm in a monogamous mm-hmm. relationship, I'm in there. But you ain't got too many times to mess up before mm-hmm. I bounce. And and, and, you know, <laughs> and I didn't realize I'm, 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 I'm becoming my father. Mm-hmm. You know, the person that I swore mm-hmm. I didn't need, you know, because I never mm-hmm. met him. He wasn't there for me. And, you know, but I'm still trying to prove mm-hmm. myself. I'm trying to be a great father, but I'm going mm-hmm. through these situations and I'm looking up and then I got all this stuff behind me that I'm responsible for. And now I got to take care of because I didn't have my head on straight and I wasn't willing to accept the fact mm-hmm. that I never dealt with the fact that my father wasn't there. I thought I left him at the grave at 14, mm-hmm. but I didn't. And so mm-hmm. when, you, mm-hmm. when you're carrying this situation, you are going, everybody wants to believe they're strong. And you are. With what mm-hmm. we've been through mm-hmm. as a people, we are strong. We're mm-hmm. resilient. We, 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 we should have been destroyed a long time ago with the pressures and the, and the oppression and every other action that has been taken against us to take us out, and yet we're standing. We are strong. But, however, mm-hmm. when we sit up and we're not honest with ourselves, when we sit up and talk ourselves into believing that we are done, but we're not. Because we're still talking mm-hmm. about it. So all we got to do is have mm-hmm. the right word or the right thing happen and trigger something, and it comes right back mm-hmm. up. And for the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks, we ain't right. Right. You know, you know we, it, it's going to take a while, man. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe this bull. It, and you telling anybody that'll listen. You know, I can't believe it. Or you shut down. Right. You, you know, you, you don't want no phone calls. Mm-hmm. You don't want to talk to nobody. You, you all that. Well, you ain't dealt with it then. This, this is the thing. You talk about what to do mm-hmm. with the anger. You got to let that go. You don't place it mm-hmm. anywhere. Because anger is not something to be placed on somebody. It's not something to be shot out at somebody. It's an indicator to you something is wrong. Once you uh, uh, come up, become aware that someone done something wrong, once you turn the anger off, it's it's done its job. Yeah. Okay. Now you need to sit down okay. and make a rational decision, not a decision that's motivated by your anger, not a decision that's motivated by your pain. Mm-hmm. 
You have to make a decision based on a rational mindset, and that's where women struggle. They are naturally emotional creatures, so they have a tendency to want to react instead of respond. And anytime you are in a reactive mode, you make decisions that don't turn out well. You key up some car, break some windshield, you know, stab some tires. And I'm talking about the the, the extreme side of things, but more commonly it's in Mm -hmm. being mean Mm -hmm. to somebody just so they know you're mad at them. Mistreating somebody. Mm. Then you got the other woman. You got the other type of woman. You got that woman. Mm. She ain't going to ever be happy and rest until you get what you you got coming. Her whole life is about sitting around waiting on karma to catch up to you. She can't be happy. Now, I mean, here come, here come God number three, God number four, God number five. Mm-hmm. Great God, you know. Mm-hmm. Great God. You're cutting out a little bit. Cutting out. Uh-huh. You, here we can go. Can you hear me now? There we go. All right. You got great God. I got God. you. I got you. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they're coming along, but because she's so caught up in what dude did, She's handling them. Mm-hmm. No guy wants to right. pay for something some other dude did. So eventually right. he gets tired right. and he goes, now let me tell you what she does. When the new dude, mm-hmm. trying his best to love her, gets tired and bounces, mm-hmm. she projects the anger, mm-hmm. the bitterness, and the tra- and the betrayal she felt from the, from, the, from the first relationship on him. Now he's the bad guy because he ran mm-hmm. off and left her too. She's not looking at right, what, what, right. What, what, the, what, what her struggles and her hurt and her unwillingness to let go. When you're angry about something, determine why mm-hmm. you're angry. Once you find out mm-hmm. why you're angry, release the anger because it serves you no purpose after that. It only will cause you harm. Mm-hmm. Release the anger. Now deal with the situation. Mm-hmm. Once you deal with the situation, my thing is mm-hmm. I've had people. I've had people. I told somebody that I'm very close to. Uh, you know that mm-hmm. perpetually wears the victim jacket. You know, you know, um, mm-hmm. in the, in her mid thirties, uh, have had a mm-hmm. number of different serious relationships, and they've all ended almost the same way. That she, she you know, she never makes it to mm-hmm. a year. Right around the eight to nine month mark, she starts to see something wrong mm-hmm. with him. She starts tripping, and and and, and it's always something going mm-hmm. on. And I, and I look at it, and I start to see the pattern. And I said, I said, look, let me explain something to you. Mm-hmm. If you've got one mm-hmm. bad situation, one bad relationship, and a guy mistreats you and hurts you and he breaks your heart, you know, we say, okay, chalk that up to the game. And I will say, okay, you got caught up in a situation, and I'm, I'm sorry for you, but you've got to get through it. When I look up and you're into mm-hmm. relationships seven, eight, and nine, and you've got the same pattern mm-hmm. and these guys are behaving a certain way, you are the only common denominator mm-hmm. in those relationships. So you've got to take some ownership right. in those relationships. And it's something that you're doing. You're either choosing mm-hmm. the wrong guy or you're doing something in the relationship mm-hmm. that are causing men to turn and act and behave a certain way. That's the same way you can treat a man. That eventually you're going to get a certain response. If you treat a man with affirmation, you treat mm-hmm. a man with respect, you tend to get love from him because he's responding in, mm-hmm. in, in getting what you need from him because you're giving him what he needs from you. Mm-hmm. But if you treat a man with contempt mm-hmm. and, and, and disrespect, you will tend to get a cold man, a man that is there but ain't there, mm-hmm. a man that will probably pop off and mm-hmm. say anything that comes to his mind to you because that's the way he's fighting back. 
you have you have robbed him of the thing mm-hmm. he cherishes the most most respect. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to rob mm-hmm. you of the thing you cherish the most love love and security. Now. Now, I'm getting a couple of emails, and I'm getting a couple of hits. And just to recap for those who are coming in on the show, this is for real. This is real talk tonight. This is real talk by a licensed and practicing physician. This ain't just no BS. This is not just an opinion. And the reason why I uh, uh, ask certain people to come on is because I do care about people learning the same things that I learned because this is helping me. This is not a, a, a female bashing, and I was so glad that you said yourself unsolicited that this is applicable to men as well as women because when you started to explain the difference between just being angry, which is having a indication uh, indicational emotional response to being wrong that has a certain time frame being different from being bitter where you just carry in that anger consistently throughout situations and you know for long term that that is something that is usually articulated to just being a female black thing and I know we're talking about black women in particular but that's all I can identify with so that's why we're talking about that and I think that it is a different type of response when it comes to um, how people look at what has happened in the recent history of a woman of color versus another woman. I think this, it explains to me why some men want to compare us to different types of women. They don't even have the same type of context of response that we have because, just like you said, some of the surroundings, the social issues, uh, economic issues, they're just not even comparable. So there's no way for you to even have the same outcome in um, the response of women. And and the placement of that anger, you say, we, we instead of, you know, being angry and holding that appropriate feeling to the right person, we take it out on guy five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, what about the misplacement outside of the mate, because this is, too, one of the things that we're going to talk about this on Sunday. Some of the guys are saying, all I ever do is talk about what's wrong with the women, and and it's going to be man's time to tell us what they got the problems with. But men who have issues with their quote-unquote woman, um, who say that those women are crazy and angry and those sorts of things, also usually tack on that we don't treat our children well but they have kids with these women. Uh, sometimes even plan. I'm not talking about no mistake babies and things like that. How do we um, – rem- I'm trying to remove some of that stereotype. I'm trying to calm some of the uh, bitterness and, and making it some short-time anger, but why do men feel like we place this anger on them unwantingly when, say, for instance, this is a repeated pushing of the button because I'm not a key I don't car I don't car key cards I don't bust windows and stuff I'm the shutdown girl like you you hurt me so many times I'm shutting down I don't really have nothing to say to you and because of that response which is self-protective and don't say nothing because if I say something it's not going to be cute I'm being called bitter when I'm just simply trying to prevent myself from misacting, what am I supposed to do? Like, what are we supposed well, to do first of all, when we have truly all, been wronged? Uh-huh. First of all, there's so much going on. Like I said, you're not. we're not going to get through anywhere close to really getting this issue resolved in two hours. It's just 
So you're talking about 400 years of trauma and being piled mm-hmm. on top of consistent environmental trauma. So one of the okay. first things that I see when I'm dealing with women, uh, predominantly when I have a husband and wife come in and sit down with me, um, is uh-huh. that a woman tends to believe if I'm saying she's bitter, that I'm taking the honest off of her husband and I'm placing it on her. In other words, she may be bitter because he cheated on her. And so, mm-hmm. so what I'm trying to get her to understand is the bitterness that's there, call it resentment, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, but that thing that's there that won't allow you to treat him right because mm-hmm. of something he did three years ago is something mm-hmm. you need to deal with. He was wrong then, and you had the option mm-hmm. at that moment to tell him, I don't ever want to be with you again. You had the option at that moment mm-hmm. to say, okay, we're going to work through this, but I don't really trust you, so you're going to have to re-earn my trust. What you don't have the option mm-hmm. to do is to hold on to that, and every time you remember it, treat him like crap. Because what's happening is mm-hmm. you're destroying him, and eventually he's going to hurt you again because you're, you're taking mm-hmm. the thing from him that is most important to him, and that's respect. Yes, he did what he did was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yes, you had the choice right then and there mm-hmm. to cut it off. Yes, you have the right to ask him mm-hmm. to earn back the trust and the love that you pour out on him. You have that right, but you don't mm-hmm. have the right to carry mm-hmm. that with you through the through, the, through three years. You know, you still every mm-hmm. time it comes to your mind, you you know, I don't feel like you ain't sleeping in here tonight. You need to go so and he's like, huh? What? Are you? <laughs> you know what you did? What right. I did? You slept with that? That was three, three years. years. I don't care. I, I don't care. And and, and 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 what I want I want what what I want my sisters to understand when I use the word bitterness I don't mm-hmm. use it in the con- I don't use it in the connotation that we use it in in society where they calling everybody a bitter black woman no bitterness is simply right. okay. the, the 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 result of not releasing anger and allowing it to fester and it becomes an ongoing mm-hmm. growing resentment. That creates hostility, that creates anger, that 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 drives poor decisions, and so many other things mm-hmm. that 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 compile on top of it. Because every time you make a wrong decision, every time you mm-hmm. do something you should, based on that 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 feeling of resentment and bitterness, you create another issue that mm-hmm. is piled on top of that issue mm-hmm. that doesn't get resolved, that mm-hmm. creates this thing. And then next thing you know, you're passing it on to your children, even if you don't realize it. Why? Because your behavior towards your children, no matter how much you try isn't what it needs to be if mm-hmm. you're holding on to that. Because no matter what, you see a mm-hmm. little something of him in them. And that, that ain't that that that's not mm. that that's not making you feel right. So you see a little something in them. so you either mothers mothers tend to do one of two things. They tend to go to the extreme. Mm-hmm. They either mm-hmm. overlove and pamper the children to try to deal with the issue that they're not mm-hmm. uh, happy with the way the father did. They they're feeling hurt so that the, the children get pampered, taken care of and, and, and especially with boys. Boys need a certain amount of mm-hmm. masculine energy, and 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 and, and if you know, mm. and then that thing where you, you you know, since you hurt me, you don't get to see him. Well, see now all that feminine mm-hmm. energy you pushing, you pushing it on him, and he's picking it up. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm. and this doesn't mean he's mm. going to be gay, but it does mean that he's going to have some tendencies that's going to make it difficult for him to mm-hmm. be with a woman that he can lead because he's used to being told what to do by a woman. He's used to being dominated by a woman. Mm. He, he's used to all these things. And so 
so many things that should be happening in the home are happening in the home. And everything that I say, I want people to understand. This isn't taking the responsibility or the honest or the accountability away from men. I deal with men. And my belief is that until we get our act together, it doesn't matter what we do as a people because uh, women are spiritually elevated. You know, they, they elevate. They affirm. They give life. So I always say, that, and men are our leaders, our our providers, the, the dominant force in, in, in the movement. And so I always say that we will only gain as much altitude as our women can lift us to, and we will only make as much progression as our men can lead us through. So if our men aren't leading, we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. So I'm not giving them a relief. something right there. You know, I'm I not know giving the not. brothers I a pass. Not, and I, I, I just, I, but you know, when people I, I, are tuning in and they're hearing, normally when the woman hears bearded, mm-hmm. she automatically takes it as an insult and an assault. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that. Right. I love my sister. Right. I think that God right. outdid Himself when right. He did that. I also understand that my sisters are broken. And the thing is, getting a six-figure mm-hmm. job, buying you a seventy or eighty thousand or a hundred thousand dollar car, buying you a five hundred thousand dollar home does not erase that brokenness. The, that, it it right. does not erase right. that brokenness. Becoming what you believe is independent and strong does not re- erase that brokenness, and it does not erase that need mm-hmm. for a man and to be provided mm-hmm. for and protected mm-hmm. for. That's just something, there's just certain things you can't give yourself as a woman. There are certain things you can't give your kids as a woman. And so when you're trying to mm-hmm. do this on your own because you are frustrated with him, you leave yourself at mm-hmm. a disadvantage, you put your kids at a disadvantage, and you put us as a race at a disadvantage. So when I'm dealing with the brothers, I tell the brothers, it's accountability. Because well, this is what I tell the brothers. Because the first thing you get to do with talking to the brothers is the same thing you do get when you talk with the women. Man, them women, blah, blah, blah. Them women, blah, blah, man. I'm tired of it. I, they don't know how to talk to nobody, blah, blah, blah. And I said, so what are you going to do about it? Man, I'm done. I said, you're the leader, Right. You run around mm-hmm. and you talk about mm-hmm. you're the king, you're the king. This your mm-hmm. world. You you you're the king. You do, but 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 what happens with leadership is leadership doesn't get to bail mm-hmm. on those he leads. The leader doesn't get to bail on those mm-hmm. he leads. The leader is the one that has to make the first right. sacrifice. The leader is the one that has to step out. So even right. if she's acting way that's not becoming of a woman, you still got to act like a man because mm-hmm. if we want our women to be what they are supposed to be, we're going to have to love them back to life. Mm-hmm. That That's the bottom line. Ooh. We're going to have to love them back to life. We're going to have to love them even when they don't want to be loved, when they don't feel like being loved, when they're upset mm. and angry. We're going to have to take the responsibility, mm. and we're going to have to toughen our skin to know there are going to be some days when we're not going to hear the words we want to hear. There are going to be some days when we're going to hear some words mm. we really don't want to hear. That's a part of this process. Mm. This is the result mm. that goes all the way back to slavery, when the man, the black man couldn't protect his black woman from the white master raping her. This goes back to the point when the, white, mm. the black man had nothing to provide for his family for because he owned nothing. This goes back to the, the black mm. woman having to develop a mindset of how to protect herself and her children because she knew the man she was having that baby for was going to be eventually sold off and she was going to start over. So that right, contempt right, is right, grown right. out and it's carried on. 
we it, it created a tendency right. to cre- create psychologically strong little girls who knew how to manipulate and walk and work their way through uh, and deal with white men to negotiate the things they needed. And it created a situation where you had physically yeah. strong little boys, but they were psychologically weak. Why? Because you wanted to make sure when the white man told them to do something, they folded it and do it. You did it because you didn't want someone yeah. that would stand up and be yeah. strong because they would end up dead. So you yeah. turned and flipped yeah. the script of what it was meant to be. And so now you got a bunch of psychologically strong women, a bunch of psychologically weak men, and then we're trying to sit up and fill in roles that we're not prepared to fill. So it's not a situation where right. one, one group is wrong and one group is right. You know, and so I tell the men, right. we got a long way to go because we're the ones. We can get the women all together. Mm-hmm. They can be all ready to go, and if we're not, we're not going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Why do you think everything in this mm-hmm. country is really aimed at the black man? Private prison industrial complex. Because that's the, the power. Mis- that's the powerhouse. That's the power. The miseducation. That's where the power is. That's- <sighs> if we stop the black, it, this started from the beginning. We they broke the black man through the black woman, and that was in slavery. Mm-hmm. And the assault against the black man mm-hmm. has continued, and you know it, it, it's worked mm-hmm. its way in a number of different ways. It's gone. We have the private prison industrial mm-hmm. complex. We have the miseducation of young black males through the spe- special education programs in schools where our young boys are getting psychotropic drugs at, as early as the age of five, becoming addicted to drugs like Ritalin and Zoloft and, 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 and a number of other ones, Concerta mm-hmm. and all of these drugs mm-hmm. because that's a part of the process. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we alienate them. you got mm-hmm. all these little black boys who are, uh, are, are, are growing in their masculinity, but when you got an educational system where 90% of your teachers are white, middle-aged females, and they're having authority mm-hmm. over young black males, and then they already have mm-hmm. a, mis- uh, a misconceived uh, notion that black boys have behavioral problems. They already have a misconceived notion that mm-hmm. black boys have learning disabilities. So the first moment that there's an issue, they call in and they request to have them evaluated for special education or learning, dis- learning disabilities or behavioral disorders. And so when they tag them with that, once you allow them to test them and they tag them with that, then they move them through this system while making more money off of them. They're, they're, they're feeding the big pharma companies because they're putting these psychotropic drugs into them. They're becoming addicted. Anytime you take a psychotropic mm-hmm. drug, it changes the chemical balance in your mm-hmm. brain. And that means that now when mm-hmm. you come off of that drug, you're, long, you're, 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 you're off of, you're kill, off balance, and that creates situations. Eventually, these mm-hmm. boys become alienated. Around the ninth or tenth grade, when they're really starting to move into their manhood, they can no longer take it. They feel like they're not mm-hmm. wanted. They feel like they've been alienated the whole time they're in school. Nobody believes in them. Nobody thinks they can do it. They go out into the world to try it on their own. They drop out. And, and and that mm. is how they go from the front door of the school to the back door of the prison. And and, and because when you mm. drop out of high school, you are six times more likely to end up incarcerated. And so they know this. This mm. isn't something that is just by chance. This is on purpose. Then mm. we're looking at all the other mm-hmm. different things that are aimed at black men. You know, uh, the, 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 the feminist movement in the late 60s, early 70s, that moved from uh, that was something that was about white women dealing with their men. They made it about us. They brought the one out the home. Social programs that say we'll give you food stamps, we'll pay for you a place to stay, but you can't have a man in the house. Now the same right. social programs. When you talk about white farmers, they get the same subsidies in greater, in, in larger amounts, but the family gets to stay together. But when you talk about black families, mm-hmm. if, you, if we're gonna give you housing, can't have no man in that house. 
Why? The man is the head of the structure. Mm-hmm. Why would you take the man out of the house? Right. Why? Because the moment right. I take him out and I start giving the woman money and start giving the woman food, I give her a sense of independence, and she says, I don't need him. Mm. And we That's go why we're mad. We go, That's why we mad. That's why we're mad right going now. On. Now, I got a couple people who are just, they want to talk with you. They want to talk with you. They're like, who is this? We don't know who this is. And we, if you call, if you call into the show on side, people, if you read your events, you'll know what what's going on. And I only say that because when you come in on the in, in the middle of anything, it's hard to to make you understand because people uh, just hear what what's being said at that moment in time, and and you miss the whole context. Uh, we need to do a show about that. How you you cannot expect to understand the fullness of anything coming in on the middle. And this is this is this, tonight we're talking about this angry black woman and why we are angry and why we are substituting our anger for things that it's not even relevant to. It's changing the actual nature of who we were meant to be as uh, women, um, uh, as mothers, as caregivers, as wives, as helpmates, and. You know, you touched on so many different things. It's like killing me, and I'm going to tell you now, you made me tear up a little bit because you made my eyelashes get a little bit loose because I think that this is something that needs to be heard and needs to be said uh, in, in a bigger forum where more than just, you know, the Empire listeners can hear. I'm going to feed this to ev- in, in every uh, feed that I have because when you understand the gravity of, of what's actually happening and remove it from being just me in my home and multiply that times every black face, every black mother, every black boy, every, every black girl in every country, you know, speaking all languages of African American, just African American, because that's what we're focusing on tonight. You can see very clearly for me, I can see very clearly how this cannot be fixed by ignoring the placement of where man man should be, black men should be. And instead of us dealing with those issues directly, yes, some of us black women have just decided that we, you know, you know, screw them. We don't need them. They're not going to get back in line. They're not going to do certain things, so I'm going to do it myself. But that does not fix the problem like you just said. It perpetuates the problem even the more so into our next generations of people. One of the things that you said in particular about the uh, little black boys, I know the significance of having, and I don't even have brothers. I just noticed the difference between boys who have men in the home and boys who don't. That's one of the very first questions that I want to know in the history of any man that I date. Did you have your dad there? Was he present? And what did y'all do? Because I ain't talking about him paying no mortgage and you never doing nothing with him because you might as well just have had a mom. And I don't want that to be the reason as to why my son can't connect and understand that he is supposed to be a lead. Some of these men have just decided to take second place because some of us women have decided he ain't getting back in place because of what something has happened in the past. Uh just to, I'm going to go ahead and open up the lines, and I have a couple of people said they wanted to listen in just a little bit to see what was going on, but I am going to open up the line, and I'm hoping that you have a question for our guest, Dr. Rick Wallace, who's been so giving of his time. He, he took time away from his baby to be with us tonight to help us open up our minds, at least to being able to change an option of thinking 
outside of what you've been doing. Because if you if you're doing it like me, it ain't working. Like what I've been doing, ain't it's not working, and it's just like I need another op. Uh, Twenty three ninety one. Are you there? Can you hear me? I'm here. Yes. And I can hear you. Do you have any? Yes, I can hear you. Do you have any questions? For Dr. Wallace, because we've talked about so many different things about anger, about uh, uh, how we pull from our past to de- try to make better decisions in our future and sometimes end up repeating it. Do you have any questions or comments about what you've heard so far? Um, I guess that that will be one of my concerns because, I mean, as you stated, um it is like history repeating itself, and I'm like, okay, so is it me? <laughs> um, am I really the angry, angry black woman? Um, I mean, I guess I can be, <laughs> but I have every reason to be. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I was like, you know what, I ain't trying to get in my feelings tonight. I called, so I was like, I'm going to listen. Um <laughs> Yes, you do, because, Dr. Wise, let me tell you, this is one of my friends, this is one of my sisters, I feel her from her spirit, let me tell you, I feel her from her spirit, and when she says, I don't want to be in my feelings, it's because the hurt starts to surface, the things that have happened in her past starts to surface, and you were just speaking to that not too long ago, if you could give some advice to her about actually instead of running from that, how she can deal with that and better use that to to a positive rather than a crutch. Like we were talking to, I think you may have been speaking about that before she got on the line. Right, right. Uh, Dr. Wild. And, and this is, uh, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, uh-huh. I can. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. And Terrell okay. can hear you as well. Uh-huh. Okay, so, I mean, the first thing we look at, when I hear her say, I don't want to get into my feelings today, that's an immediate indicator that there are issues that haven't been dealt with. If there's something that can trigger some pain, frustration, anger, and all of that for something that has transpired in the past, then this is an issue that hasn't been dealt with. And so what what the first thing Mm -hmm. we're going to do is, you know, it's not something that you just sit up and say, and that's one of the things, because we've been trained that we've got to be tough, we think that dealing with the mm-hmm. issue is, okay, I know it happened. I'm good. I'm good. And you think because you told yeah. yourself you were good and you moved, you went on, <laughs> you might have left them alone. You might have said, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. But if you mm-hmm. haven't really sat and dealt with that, because see, what you've got to understand is how the human psyche works. In other words, self-image is tied into the way that people treat us and how we perceive that we are viewed by others. So I cannot look at something. Somebody that I care about can't mistreat me, and I'm not engaged why they why they mistreated me and come to a rational mm-hmm. understanding without, you know, if I sit mm-hmm. up and I, I don't deal with it, what I'm telling myself is there something wrong with me that made it okay for them to do what they did? And so it mm. begins to lower mm-hmm. my self-worth. It begins to lower my self-esteem, my image of myself, my self-awareness of who I believe I am, 
is starting to dwindle, especially if I allow it to happen by the same person again. What I've done is I didn't deal with it. See, if I really actually dealt with it, but see, we don't teach ourselves to deal with it. We deal with things emotionally, meaning I think I dealt with it because I cussed his ass out. No, you didn't deal with it. You reacted. You didn't deal with it. You didn't respond. You reacted, and you got it off your chest. But you didn't deal with the issue. The issue is, why did he do it? Mm-hmm. And you need to come to what you'll normally right. find out if you just take the time. People with destructive mm-hmm. behavior that hurt other people are normally dealing with their own issues. Mm-hmm. It ain't even about you. It's him. Mm. But if you don't deal with that, Baby. if you don't take the time to look at it and say, mm-hmm. he tripping because he never had his father. He tripping mm-hmm. because he's still frustrated about what his ex-wife did to him. But if you just sit up mm-hmm. and don't deal with it, you sit up and feel, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. I'm going to make him, I ain't going to give him no cookie for a couple of weeks. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you think mm-hmm. you done handle it. No, you punished mm-hmm. him, but you didn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. Dealing with it steps back and mm-hmm. evaluates it. And you've got to come to an understanding. If you didn't do anything to create the situation, it has absolutely nothing to do with your worth. Your worth is still intact. It was them. But if you don't deal with it, you can't, mm. and the hurt and the pain is coming from you not being sure that you are worthy of something greater than what you had. And so you've got to be able to deal with that. You've got to be able to come into understanding. That's what dealing with it means, is coming into it and understanding what just happened and then evaluating mm. why it happened. And then once you figure out why it happened, now mm. you determine based on knowing why it happened, whether or not you want to allow that person to remain, ask that person to leave, or whatever. But, you know, that's just a decision. Mm-hmm. That's not dealing with it. The decision is I'm staying, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. That's not dealing with it, though. That's the decision mm-hmm. of what you're going to do after dealing with it. Dealing with it is coming to a reconciliation cool. within yourself that it was nothing that you caused to mm-hmm. do it. Now, if you caused it, now you've got to deal with it. You've got to deal with what's wrong mm. with you. Now, what what happened in your mm. childhood? What happened in your last relationship that made you trigger what just happened in this relationship? That's how you deal with things. You've got mm. to uncover that. And the thing that we need to do is mm. understand as a group of people is to kill the taboo of seeking counseling. We don't, as a mm-hmm. group of people at large, we don't seek counseling. That's taboo. That's, that means if I go to a counselor, that means I'm crazy. No, that means that you have issues. Mm. That means that you're dealing with some things. That means that you need to talk with somebody. And, and let, you know, that whole tough mindset, I don't need nobody, I, that will get you every time mm-hmm. because we are designed to be social people, meaning that we do need one another and that we, mm-hmm. we, we, I got we support one another, we help one another. But when we sit up and say we don't need mm-hmm. one, we need I, nobody, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And I so, just, I'm getting blown up. I got I got other people wanting to talk with you because I think this is an issue that is just the truth of a lot of people. And I know my sister who just asked the question. I know that she has to have some some pain. I know some intimacies of her life. We share a lot of the same types of pain. And like one of the things about humanity ain't got nothing to do with race. Just some human stuff. Some stuff just plain hurt, okay? And it don't it doesn't take away from your being a woman. It doesn't take away from you being whole. It doesn't take away from you being strong to say that shit hurts. That hurt right there, that hurt. And like if you say it enough, 
you know, you can start to feel it because I was kind of numb for a long time. But I don't want to talk about myself anymore. Got another caller that's saying, I'm on the line, I'm on the line. Uh, 9127, you're on the line. Can you hear me? Yes. <clears throat> Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? you could turn your phone down, I can hear you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I can hear it on the phone, too. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah. I yeah. can hear you. And do you have, yes, I can. Do you have a question for Dr. Wallace? Yes, I do. I need some clarity because where he, everything that you all are speaking of, those are things that I am evaluating myself on mm-hmm. and being in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. not so much being that it was physical abuse. Abuse is abuse, whether it is mental or physical. So, exactly. um, and repairing yes, oneself um, because I wanted to prepare a conference to help others um, mm-hmm. who choose to ignore the fact that they are still wounded. And we as people, whether we are mm-hmm. male or female, we continue to just wrap up with bandages. So in mm-hmm. continuing to wrap up with the bandages or, or keeping it is you have to truly identify who you are. And I heard the doctor say that it was something in relevance to it's not genetic. It all has to do with environmental circumstances. But what about when you can sit and you go back to find out who you are or your your family history? Yes, and it may track back until the days of slavery. Fortunately, I was one of those who had um, was able to see or get to hear the stories of my some of my ancestors, and some of that information went all the way back to that. There were issues of economic mm-hmm. and social issues which. Um, cause those circumstances to happen. But I want a little clarity as far as you're saying that there's no um, relevance to genetics. Okay. Behavior, behavior, what you got to understand is behavior is, 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 is psychologically driven. It is driven by your thoughts. Um, you know, whether you believe in Christianity or not, uh, the Bible is a, a book that is uh, full of principles that come well before it was actually written. So you can go to a number of different religions, different practices or whatever, and you'll find the same teachings. And uh, it said, uh, I believe it was in Matthew, Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, Solomon said, as a man thinks mm-hmm. of his heart, so is he. And what you find out is that at the mm-hmm. seat of the soul is the heart, and the heart is the determiner of all that it is, and all the heart is is the deepest part of your psychological existence, your psychological being. What you take and believe mm-hmm. in the deepest parts of your, your being, your soul, will determine mm-hmm. your actions. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, that's not determined mm-hmm. genetically. That's determined environmentally. What do you believe? Who sets mm-hmm. your paradigms? You get your paradigms from a number of different mm-hmm. environmental stimulations. Now, there are some things that mm-hmm. come along in the form of depression. But even those are, are, are triggered mm-hmm. by more than simple genetics. But when it comes down to simple behavior, women are, uh, 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 when you got a situation uh, where you got generational bitterness, and again, when I use the word bitterness, mm. it's not assaultive. It's simply saying you didn't release the right. anger, and the anger took root, and th- then it grew, and it right. became something you don't no longer have control mm-hmm. over. That's bitterness. And and and, mm-hmm. and and it and it mm-hmm. it rears up its head in ways that you after you've done it you're like man I shouldn't have but you know and, and then you start to find ways to justify the bit way if he wouldn't have did this or she wouldn't have said that then I wouldn't have had to go off <laughs> and, and 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 you don't realize whenever you react to something and you right. do something you shouldn't be no matter what the other person did what you did is a reflection of your character mm-hmm. 
It is a reflection of who you are. Right. You have to learn how to deal with mm-hmm. situations in a way that represents you. Don't mean you let somebody step, mm-hmm. step on you and walk over you. That never should happen. You should always be mm-hmm. strong enough to stop anybody mm-hmm. from moving in your, to your, into your area, mm-hmm. into your sphere, and violating you. Always have that type of strength, mm. but then there's a way to do that. Mm. Okay, so when we go back several mm-hmm. generations, let's go back all the way to slavery. So great, 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 great grandma was a slave. Mm-hmm. She watched mm-hmm. her first husband get beat to death. He got whipped to death. And so that set mm-hmm. fear in her. So the way she started to deal with things was different. Then the second husband she got, he let her get raped. Now, the truth of the matter is, it wasn't whether he let or not. He would have either died or let it happen. Mm-hmm. That was the only choice. And she was going to get raped regardless. But what happened was that mm-hmm. the standard. That was the first part of contempt that came in. She can no longer depend on right. him as a protector. Now, mm-hmm. Master sends him in after Master rapes her. Master sends him in to procreate mm-hmm. with her to produce more children. Then after Master does that, he sells him off to the, another plantation, or he trades or swaps off with another plantation, because the one thing he doesn't want is that family bonding. Because, see, a man mm-hmm. with a family fight. A man with something to lead Ooh. and protect will fight. So I need to break him, so I can't let him stay, mm-hmm. but i got to make women disrespect him. If you want to break a man, make him love somebody and then let them disrespect, disrespect. him. It'll break him. It'll break him. And that's what happened. Mm. But what it did is it mm. created a contemptuous mm-hmm. woman. You can't tell me after you don't let me get raped. Mm. And now you come in here and you trying to <laughs> say you the head of the house. You know Mm-mm. she let him have it. Mm-mm. You able to protect me. You trying to right. tell me what we going to do? No. I, I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. And there you go. Now he right. done got, well, hell, I'm ready to right. get sold off. I'm not dealing with this. So now he's got the mindset that a bunch of men have today. I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stick mm-hmm. around to deal with my responsibilities because he didn't stick around, He not by his own choice, but he didn't stick around in slavery. Well, anyway, what happens is now you got that great-grandmother that was a slave. Now she's got those children that she's raising by those couple of men that she never got to stick mm-hmm. around. So now she's got the boys being mm-hmm. reared up to be psychologically weak but physically strong. They can move bales and pick cotton and do all that, but if you tell them to roll down on the ground, they drop mm-hmm. and they ain't asking no questions. Then you got the little girl. She's got her mind mm-hmm. going 100 miles an hour. She's figuring out how she's getting out the field and into the house. That's mm-hmm. how she's figuring. Mm-hmm. She's working this thing. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, she's already been taught to have disrespect. Where'd she get it from? She got it from her mom with talking to her dad, but she also got it from the mm-hmm. way she looked at her brother. A woman can never look at a man who's psychologically weak and really actually respect him. So now she's mm-hmm. got a natural contempt for mm-hmm. the black man because she sees every black man as being weak right. and unable to protect her. So what she does is when she has right. her children, even though the situation has changed and now the black man is no longer a slave and he's no longer being forced to leave, she teaches her daughter, you don't need a man. Right. Men are only good right. for this. They're going to turn around. They're going to hurt you. You put you some money aside. You save you some money. You get your own. One get to acting up, you tell him to kick the rocks. That process gets mm. passed down. From generation to generation. Mm. At the same time, men are learning from their yep. dads to be rolling stones. You know, I got yep. babies over here, babies yep. over there, babies over here, and I move around, I do me. And, w- and then you got this thing mm-hmm. where women letting them do it, but at the same time, the woman is sitting up figuring her own way. And then you got to the point where when mm-hmm. the feminist movement started, 
that was a movement. People don't get it. They think it was just, you know, about a woman saying I got rights. No, that was about moving the black woman into corporate America. There are only so many jobs in corporate mm-hmm. America. So when you move mm-hmm. women who were normally housewives and at home into corporate America, and you already have a situation where black men are uh, at an unbelievable uh, unemployment rate, guess whose jobs they were taking? They weren't taking the white men and the white women's jobs. So you mm-hmm. you, you put women in the positions that men, now men definitely can't be providers. And now they got to deal with right. women who are making the money they should be making. So now the woman's looking at you can't do nothing for me. I don't need you. Mm. But that contempt. You now know what, what happens is I, I gotta I gotta apologize for women because I will say that I was one of those women. Once you like, I don't give, I give people the baby bush. I give you one chance to shame me. I'm gonna give you one chance to shame me, and this is part of my being. Uh, using my past hurts on people who didn't deserve it and then punishing them or setting up a situation where I'm going to dog him out because I already know he ain't going to act right. But I would de- I would try my best to take the man out of him because I knew it. I could do it. And, and that is that attitude of that black woman that black men can't stand and that we should not be even perpetuating. It sounds like we set ourselves up in some ways to make this continue to happen. I, I want to kind of we we got it is a big subject. I didn't think it was going to be this big, and I hope that you you forgive me for trying to push along to one other part that I just you got you got a, a touch on this because your short conversation with me earlier today was just the truth. You said we do not like to get instructions. We do not like to take instructions. Even if it's a good man, a man that's doing what he's supposed to do, black women have an issue with taking instructions from a man. What did you mean by that? What What did you mean by that? Because I think that's the truth. You know, I'm going to have to eat this crow tonight. I'm going to eat it while it's nice and fresh, though. You said that we don't like to take instruction. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, uh, I, I want to be clear with this. Uh, whether you are, right. whatever religion you are, whether you, you have no religion, there's a natural order. There's mm-hmm. a natural role. Men are natural mm-hmm. leaders. Men are natural leaders. If mm-hmm. I, and when you study marriage historically, not just from a Christian perspective mm-hmm. or Islamic perspective or a Judeo perspective, but as a histor- from a historical perspective, the role that the man played and the role that the women played the woman played was, was, was lucid and clear and the line that was drawn was extremely clear and there was no superior mm-hmm. role in either way. The man's role wasn't superior to the woman. It was just his role as leader. He was mm-hmm. a responsible party. Now with those responsibilities, with, with, with the role of being a leader come the responsibilities of being a leader. You're responsible for protecting and providing mm-hmm. and covering your wife. That, that, that's what it's about. Now mm-hmm. uh, along with that, we we had historically the man was typically 10 years or older than his wife so when he came in mm-hmm. see, back then the woman was always under a covering she was under a covering of her father till a mm-hmm. man came along and t- convinced her father that he was worthy of taking her and she immediately went mm-hmm. from under the covering of her, her father to the covering of her husband and so she th- th- there are certain characteristics of a husband that is almost father-like. He's he's brooding over his wife. Mm-hmm. He's very protective of her. 
He's nurturing her. And if if you look at for my Christians out there who know what I'm talking about, it was the husband's responsibility to teach the wife in Christ or to teach the wife about God. If you go to any other religion, it was the husband's responsibility Mm -hmm. to bring the wife in and to teach and God. So it's not just about uh, providing and protecting mm-hmm. it's 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 a nurturing process. As a matter of fact, when you look at the original Greek in uh, Ephesians chapter five, where mm-hmm. Paul is talking about uh, you know wives submit to your husband, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. He goes on, he says the right. husband is, should, right. should nurture her. But when you look at the word nurture, it actually the word nurture is actually ekrepto uh, in Greek, and what it means is to brood over. To, to actually brood over, mm-hmm. to protect in the same way that a mother hen would brood over her her, her, her chicks and protect mm-hmm. and nurture and to bring mm-hmm. up to full volition. In other words, whatever her gift is, whatever her uh, uh, mm-hmm. purpose in life is, it's her husband's responsibility to nurture mm-hmm. her to that. In the same way, it's her responsibility no. to birth his vision. She's an incubator. Mm-hmm. You give her anything, she brings mm-hmm. it back to you in an advanced state. That's what a woman does. You you, you plant That's your seed in her. She doesn't bring a seed back to you. She takes it, holds it for 40 weeks, and she incubates it. She grows it and brings mm-hmm. you back a child. You give her a house, she turns it into mm-hmm. a home. You give her groceries, she turns it into a meal. You can give a woman a card and say, mail it to my mama for her birthday. When that mama gets that card, it ain't nowhere the way you gave it to your wife. Your wife take it, put some little flowers mm-hmm. on it, put a little money in it, write a little something extra on it. She does that. She gives life to anything that you give it to her unless you killed her spiritually, mm-hmm. unless you or somebody mm-hmm. else killed her. Mm-hmm. So when I say that a woman doesn't want to listen, right. women have gotten to the point. Now, don't don't get me wrong. It's not like they just showed up one day and decided they weren't going to listen. They don't want to listen because we as men haven't been what we needed to be. But at the same point in time, when you do get a man that's about handling his business, okay. that same resistant uh-huh. and contemptuous mindset is what turns him off and turns him away. Mm-hmm. And so what you have mm-hmm. to be able to mm-hmm. understand is at some point I've got to release this mess that I've been carrying because it's not healthy. It doesn't do me any good. There are mm. things that I'm designed for, and there mm-hmm. are things that I'm not designed for. So that tells me that I am very, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and like I say again, uh, for those of that, that 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 are not, you know, of either uh, Islamic faith, Judeo Christian, I mean, uh, Ju- uh, Ju- Ju- <coughs> Jewish, or Christian, they may have a different mindset on the role of women. But when it comes to anybody from either one of those faiths. We we know from the beginning that God said that he made woman what? For a man. You can't say you don't need the person that you were created for. So if you go okay. around with the, with, the mind, with the mindset that I don't need a man, then what are you here for? Because, see, you were designed specifically for that purpose, not just for, for to serve him, but you fit. Right. See, there are some things about him right. that, 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 that makes him unique to the equation. That's some things about you that make you unique to the equation. But when you merge the two, you get something exceptional and mm-hmm. extraordinary that can accomplish things that no individual alone can accomplish. That's what we're missing as a group mm-hmm. of people, a bunch of individuals trying to do something yeah. that it takes a collective move to do. Until we get the black family right. nucleus 
back into a place where the man is functioning as the man should function and the woman is functioning as the woman should function, we're always going to be easily manipulated, controlled, and overran because we don't have the foundation on which to build and educate our children. If we can't educate our children, which is our responsibility, it's not the public education system, we should be educating our children from birth. We should be pouring into them. That should start in the mm-hmm. home. By the time they're exposed to any mm-hmm. external stim- uh, uh, type of uh, stimuli, they've already have an idea of who they are. They don't see. We're suffering from an identity crisis, so we can't determine who. Well, if you don't know who you are, you don't have an idea of what your purpose is. If you don't have an idea of what your purpose is, there's no mm-hmm. true passion driving you. That that's why I can put on certain type of music, and if I play it long enough, you start to act like the people in the music. That's why I can put on certain TV shows, and if you don't have an idea who you are, you begin to behave like the people on the TV show. That's because mm. you're still trying to Let find me... yourself. You're still trying to find yourself. No. And, see, I, we... mm-hmm. and let me tell you, I think that this is, I mean, this. I'm just overwhelmed. I'm kind of almost at a loss of words. I think that this type of building is what is necessary um, and in my venue is just in a, uh, a conversational type uh, deal, but when and, and 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 it cannot be done by one or two people. I just had one of my great great friends, Armani, just say, "I don't think I need to call in. I don't think I have nothing to add." He's saying everything, but see, that's the thing. When we have been. Uh, and this is just me, you know. I don't have no PhD. I just have a, uh, a, a BSN and and a, and a, a minor degree and some stuff that ain't this grand. But what I'm saying is, it's going to take everybody's effort for this type of thing to work. Like it, it, we cannot wait for there to be this one magical leader that's going to give us all the answers because we are so varied. In the needs that we have, we have to collectively come together. Even though everything that you said was right on point, in my opinion, someone else may miss something that another uh, voice or expertise may say, and then they can get it just the same, different set of words, different set of descriptions. Just like you said at the beginning, your population for even treating people, the demographics have changed. It used to be a certain type of demographic of people, and now it's different. There's no way you're going to be able to help everybody. But those that right. you can help, and if you find out, you know, they, they're going to understand this better by my colleague. You even in medicine would refer them to somebody else. But black people, if they don't hear what they want to hear or if they don't have it, they don't like to be re-instructed, and women are notorious for that. We're about 37 minutes from the end of the show, and I want to open back up to my girlfriend, Taria, to see if there's anything she would like to say before we end the uh uh, the show with uh, Dr. Wallace here. Did you have anything that you'd like to ask, add, or, or in going forward? Because I didn't uh, cry for you. I'm just going to let you know. I didn't cry. My eyelashes is on my cheeks, and both of y'all owe me a pair. <laughs> go ahead. Um, I, I really haven't. I mean, I, I mean, I know I have some some deep self-inflicted wounds as well. So um, when I choose to tap into it is when I choose to tap into it. So it's not going to happen overnight. You know what I'm saying? I'm definitely, um, I have, um, I've soaked up the information. But, I mean, mom wasn't built overnight. So, I mean, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. I'm not making any excuses. But um, Mm -hmm. when 
I want to deal with it, then I'll deal with it. This is this is what I want to say to you directly, um, and mm-hmm. uh, it that has to be a starting point in a process of healing. And I remember when I wrote my first book, uh, The Invisible Father: Reversing the Curse of the Fatherless Generation. Uh, I believe it was in uh, chapter two, uh, which was either chapter two or chapter three was identity crisis. And at the end of the mm-hmm. chapter. Uh, that was a paragraph that I donated, uh, dedicated to women, and, and it basically said, for all women who have been with men who found it to be an acceptable course of action to step on your dreams, uh, to procreate with you and then abandon their progeny, to be abusive towards you and to drain you of your self-esteem and your self-worth, I personally apologize. But now it's time for you to own your destiny and own your future. At some point, you can no longer mm-hmm. look back at the finger at what happened in the past. You have to take ownership of where you're going, and that belongs and it sets on your shoulder. And what I would say to you is, you know, I don't know what you've been through, but obviously there are some traumatic experiences in your life. It happens, and it, it's real. And, it, you know, you know, it, it, I'm not one of those people that, you know, uh, sit up and say you need to get over it. No, I will tell you, you need to deal with it. You need to engage it. It's not going to be easy. And, no, it is not uh, going to happen overnight. It's not something you can sit up and say some words about it and it's done. It's a process of engaging mm-hmm. what you've gone through. And the longer you've gone through mm-hmm. it, the more in-depth and complicated and convoluted it is, the more it's going to take to get out of it. But the thing is, you have what it takes to get out of it. The very fact that you're willing to admit that there are some issues is the first step because mm-hmm. you've got a bunch women that won't even admit it. It's all somebody else's fault, and it's all on them, and mm-hmm. they're in that victim mode. And as long as they're in that victim mode, no matter how strong they're playing, like, you know, I'm independent, I got all this, I don't need that. That all, any, Nine times out of ten when a woman says that she's talking about everything, she got what she drive, what she lives, her, you know, her, her degrees, <laughs> her six-figure income, that's covering the pain. All of that was accomplished because mm-hmm. you were trying to prove something to somebody. That wasn't because mm-hmm. that was just your mm-hmm. path. That was something. You was, when you hang your hat on something so much, it's because mm-hmm. you've hanged. That's where you're getting your worth at. And if you're getting your worth from your job, mm-hmm. if you're getting your worth from your degrees, if you're getting your worth from anything except from who you are, because, see, mm-hmm. uh, when you really understand your worth, your worth is not tied to your belongings. Your worth is not tied to your position. Your worth is not tied to your, your specific situation. Your worth is tied to the intrinsic value of who you are as a person. That does not change when your bank account changes. That doesn't change when your boyfriend decides to act a total ass and mistreat you. That doesn't change mm-hmm. when, 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 mm-hmm. when you're going through struggles mm-hmm. in life and difficulties and things aren't going your way. It doesn't change when you get fired. Mm-hmm. It stays the same mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. are still that person. You know, I remember a, a, a mm. lyric in one of Jay-Z's raps. I think it was on the Blueprint album. And he says, put me anywhere on God's mm-hmm. green earth, I triple my work. What he was saying was, it ain't about where yeah. I'm living. It ain't about where I come from. It's mm-hmm. me. I'm that dude. No matter where it's you me. put me, I'm mm-hmm. going to do that. And mm-hmm. that's the mindset that we've yeah. got to yeah. take. We've got to come out of that because I'm going through this, you know, or because somebody's got more mm-hmm. money than me, because somebody living better than me. Because somebody got a man I don't, somebody got a woman I don't, all these. No, you've got to come to grips with who you are. See, you're special. You're specifically designed. 
It ain't but one of you. Mm. That makes you special, mm. and you got you you got to dig into that. You got to determine mm-hmm. why you're worth it. Mm-hmm. You got to determine what you expect mm-hmm. and what you will demand from anybody in your life. And it ain't just about men. It's about friends. It's about anybody. Mm-hmm. The people in my mm-hmm. periphery are very few. Because, see, you got to prove yourself. And you get in here and you don't prove yourself, it's bye. And it's no hard feelings. I'm not mad at you because you weren't even worth my anger. And, and, and see, if you, mm-hmm. you arouse anger in me, you really, really, really matter to me. Because, if right, you, you know, I, I'm, right, I'm going right, to deal with right. it. So if I, get, if I get upset with you, <laughs> you know, know that you were close enough I to make me mad and you screwed it up. And, 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 and so right. that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yes. It's not any external factor. Growing up, you had some label givers. You had mm-hmm. your parents. Depending on how they treated you and what they said to you, it set a standard of what your self-image was. Then you had your teachers. Then you had your peers in school. But at the end of the day, you need to look inside mm-hmm. of yourself introspectively and determine who you are. Mm-hmm. You need to right. examine your design. Right. And determine mm-hmm. that God designed you for something and determine because of that design what your purpose is. See, your design is always indicative of your purpose. Look at anything designed, anything in your mm-hmm. house right now. Look at the design, and it'll tell you what it was meant for. Mm-hmm. No different with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Our designs are right. our indicators of who we are. Some of us are highly intellectual. Some of mm-hmm. us are very, very emotional. Some of us are creative. Some of us have extremely mm-hmm. powerful gifts mm-hmm. uh, in a number of different areas. But those mm-hmm. designs, are indicative of who we are. Mm-hmm. We need to learn how to identify mm-hmm. with those designs because the design mm-hmm. connects us with our identity. Our identity connects us with our purpose. Mm-hmm. Our purpose connects us, connects us with mm-hmm. our passion, which drives us towards our destiny. If we don't make that connection mm-hmm. with identity, which normally our father gives us, that's why it's so important mm-hmm. when the man is not around. But mm-hmm. we have to find a way if daddy mm-hmm. wasn't around to find out who you are. So my right. thing is, I encourage right. you. You mentioned you mentioned maybe doing a conference or something. I encourage you uh, yes. get together, mm-hmm. get together. Uh, poor people, if it's mm-hmm. something that you know I can help with, you know you want to bring me down or whatever, you know, hey, let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I learned a we long time make ago. Though, I learned a long time ago that a conference is a good place to start, but it has to lead to some one-on-one. Uh, engagement with somebody right. who's qualified uh, because there's some things you can't talk about right. at the conference. There's some things you can't put on the table at the conference. But I believe that yes. a conference or a yes. seminar uh, or a workshop is important because you, you, you get a couple of good speakers yes. that can outline some stuff, that can point mm-hmm. to some stuff. Then you get a forum where you can ask questions mm-hmm. and you got these guys up on the table mm-hmm. and you get all these different answers and people mm-hmm. walk away with something to work with. Mm-hmm. But then you got to be willing to pick up the phone mm-hmm. and find somebody you can talk to. Whether you know, I, and, and I do most of right. my counseling over the phone, believe it or not. I found out actually that especially mm-hmm. dealing with women, over the phone counseling is better because they get to open up more. And it's it, 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 the intimidation factor of having somebody it's sit safe. there and looking you in your face is gone. Uh, right. You know, and I also it's, do uh, yeah, it's I also do uh, video conference uh, counseling as well. Uh, and and I found that I get unbelievable results. I mean, I'm you know at the risk of patting myself on the back, I have an unbelievable record when it comes to dealing. Now again. I deal predominantly up until probably, like I said, four months ago, I really started trying to shift the demographic of the people I work mm-hmm. with. But I built my business based on where the market was. When I built my business, 
It wasn't Muslim. Right. The only people who wanted to pay you to make, help them make their life better was white folks. They are trained yeah. and conditioned <laughs> to go seek a counselor. They're going to get a counselor. Man, they mm-hmm. lose a puppy. They're going to get counseling. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they, mm-hmm. they'll go counsel somebody about their next business decision. That's just the way they're built. Yes. And so they come into the situation, yes. and what they yes. find yes. out is, you know, if I go talk to this guy, see, all it took was the first one, and then he went and told somebody, then he went and told right. somebody. And, 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 right. and the next thing you know, here right. are these people, and I'm literally saying I got a waiting list. Hold on. Let me set this up. And I'm trying to get my people right. to come on board. Well, mm-hmm. the first thing is we're not trying to pay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. first of all, you won't have Well, you know, they call it. Uh, they they call me Baby Iyala. They said, "Let's look at Baby Iyala because she always trying to talk to somebody." But I have found that if it if it's in you, it's coming out anyway, and it would be so much better if it comes out in a way that doesn't get you put in jail, that doesn't get you hurt, that doesn't because once it comes out of your mouth, because you know we talk a lot, you know us angry black women, we we say some things that are you can't retract those things. I want you to be able to articulate what you're saying. That's why I say if you feeling it, it don't matter how many cars you got. You said it earlier. I don't care how many uh, Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton you, you wear, you broken, and it's so evident to me in everything you don't say. With everything you're saying, I can hear what you're not saying. I can almost feel people to that extent. Um, my, one of my friends are, is asking me for you to recite again the names of your books and how they can get that information for you before we close. Um, I actually have 15 books. I'm working on number 16 now, which is uh, the, the Miseducation of Black Youth in America. Uh, I think the books that will be prevalent to what we're talking about here, the first book uh, that I ever wrote was The Invisible Father, uh, Reversing the uh, Curse of a Fatherless Generation. It is no longer in print, uh-huh. but you can get the digital copy on um, mm-hmm. from Barnes & Noble. Uh, and another place. If, just, if you just mm-hmm. Google Dr. Rick Wallace, uh, The Invisible Father, it'll pop mm-hmm. up. But you can get it from Sony, a bunch of places that uh, offer di- digital mm-hmm. books, e you can get it. Barnes and Noble, I know, have it. Uh, and the, the other mm-hmm. book that I think would be extremely important to start to help uh, both men and women understand who they are, especially if they're thinking about entering into a relationship mm-hmm. or they're trying to work on saving a relationship, is my fourth book, and that's when your house mm-hmm. is not a home. Uh, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and and maybe maybe uh, 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 another book might that might 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 not be a bad one is. Uh, God, um, hold on. I'm sitting up here. I, I'm, I don't do a blank, but uh, it's the dynamic, okay. dynamic uh, okay. transformation. But you wrote uh, so you, uh, <laughs> But uh, that, uh, that, the book about transformation, about change, um, and uh, mm-hmm. it is focusing on the human psyche. And it sort of explains telling your friend about uh, you know mm-hmm. when it comes down, it's not a genetic issue; it's a psychological issue, and it explains how information data. Mm-hmm. And situations come into our mind, and depending on how we receive them, it starts to impact our behavior. And so we need to be able to guard mm-hmm. our mind. I believe it was, uh, um, uh, man, uh, Carter G. Woodson uh, says that when you control mm-hmm. the way a man thinks, you control the way a man acts. So you basically you how you it. think is how you behave. So if you want to change your mm-hmm. behavior, you change your thought processes. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that that's the name of the mm-hmm. book. I know it will come to well, it. The name of the book is Renewing Your Mind, The Dynamic <laughs> Christian Transformation. That's it. Uh, but those three mm-hmm. are, are books that mind. would be highly mm-hmm. applicable to what we talked about tonight. Um, but w- what I would leave mm-hmm. everybody with is uh, we have to be accountable, first of all, to self. Um, and I believe mm-hmm. all of us can say that at some point someone's done something to us to hurt us, to let us down, to dis- disappoint us. And uh, uh, we need to be aware of that, to own that, to deal with that. But at mm-hmm. some point, we've got to be willing mm-hmm. to release it because at a certain point, it stops being their issue and it starts being ours. And no matter how much we point the finger, mm-hmm. we're still carrying the burden. And, and, and that's extremely important mm-hmm. to drop that burden, to deal with that issue, to determine what happened, what caused that, what brought it about. If it wasn't me and it was them, let it go. That's their issue. That's their situation that they're dealing with. It had nothing to do with you. If it was something you did, figure out what it was and make yourself better in that area and move on. That's how we advance in life is by learning from our mistakes, learning from our hardships. Even when we run into an issue where someone does something to us, we learn from it. Then we dismiss it and we move on. Cannot continue to carry the baggage of past hurts and expect to advance. That's too heavy to lift us to where we need to go. It's too heavy for us to travel the distance we're trying to get to. And so we need to be willing to make ourselves lighter uh, from all our psychological Mm -hmm. trauma so that we can begin to be what we need to be to one another. Our men need to love our women back to life. Our women need to be more supportive and affirming to our men. We need to start to respect the grounds that each stand on, and we need to start working towards one another because neither of us can do it alone, and our children need us. So my my, 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 my mm. recommendation is we've got to come together. We've got to put this stuff aside. We've got to come together. We've got to start looking at each other as the kings and the queens that we are. If we're ever going to become what we were designed to be, it starts with being able to understand that and see it in one another. Not just say it, not say it by myself. I can say I'm a king all day, but when I start to see other black men as king and royalty in them and not be intimidated by their royalty because I got my own, that's when we're starting to grow. When, When black women are no longer in competition with one another, and no longer intimidated oh. by one another, but look at each other and see the royalty and the, and the special nature of who they oh. are one another, and they begin to reach out and pull one another together and lift one another up and praise yes. one another being who they are, that's when we as a people will begin to rise to become what we were designed to become in the first place. Not until we do that will we mm-hmm. ever get anywhere beyond where we are. We like to point the finger at the white man. We like to talk about white supremacy, racism. We like to talk about all that. Yeah. But what's holding us back now is the fact that we can't move because we are not united. Mm. See, you better make me shout, and this ain't even no church subject for real. I am so grateful for you tonight. Now, if you ain't heard nothing before on the Empire, you heard it tonight. That was Dr. Rick Wallace. Just a little bit of business before we take it in because I got so much writing to do tonight. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to get to go to sleep tonight because my mind just won't. 
stop. Listen to business. And I'm gonna Even though the empire was born out of my personal experience and endeavors, the Empress welcomes everyone into the empire. If you would like to be a guest, a co-host, or simply want to suggest a topic to be discussed, contact me by email at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com or by my website at www.TheEmpress.com. I'm here. I'm you. Baby, I told y'all that by the end of the show, the angry black woman phenomena or idea, I didn't say she was going to go away, but at least we understand where she came from, and we can put her in her place appropriately if we deal with her. I had talked with uh, Dr. Wallace earlier about us just shutting up. You know, I feel like some of our issue is just our mouth. We we really want to be heard, we want to be understood, but we're saying things that don't actually equal what we mean. We're speaking out of emotion, we're acting out of emotion instead of taking that emotion and uh, either writing it down because I, I have found that this is therapeutic for me. Me having this talk show has been therapeutic for me. It has kept me out of jail. I'm so sure this kept me out of jail. It has kept me from being uh, sued by being blasphemous and, and character bashing because I've gone through some hurts. If your best friend or one of your best friends decided to take up with your husband but also helped you move into your new space and now still has some say over your children. That's why I don't like Kevin Hart, because he did that to his wife, and he wanted to play like that. didn't hurt. That hurts, okay? Like, I can feel when people, uh, when I identify with what has happened in people's lives, I can understand, but some people just look from the outside. They don't know the full story, but hurt people do hurt other people, and if you see someone hurting somebody, you should, in, in just in that little uh, saying, understand that there is something going on and not perpetuate that. And I, it took me probably about two years to be able to say the things that had happened to me in my life because it was just really the thought of it brought me to tears. Then being able to verbalize that to complete strangers in court over and over and over again or with the police over and over and over again, then to my family over and over again, I got into this routine of saying it with no emotion, still not dealing with it. I'm at a place now, even in today, I told you earlier at the beginning of the show, I had had to go to court, didn't even expect it. And for some reason, I was able to place this emotional burden on that table and I left it down there at the courthouse down there in Birmingham, Alabama, because it that is not who I am. It's not the essence of what I'm supposed to be. That is a happening that is now almost seven years old, like it's a, a, a little pre-toddler baby thing. Like, it's over with. Now, it is something that I have to revisit at times, but it will not consume my life because I will. I just won't let that happen. So I have to govern myself and govern people in my life in a way reciprocal of what I want it to be like. I'm not going to let anybody else, any other thing, any other happening of my past start to seed into my future to I'm just mad and angry. Like, first of all, it makes your face wrinkle up. And I'm, you know, a little bit vain. I ain't got no hair no more, but I got it in my car because I'm going to get it sewn in a little bit later because I want some long hair. Talk about me if you want to. But I'm not going to let some things determine whether or not I enjoy 
the hours awake I am in this world, the time that I do have with the children that are, you know that I have in this world, the experiences that I have with people at my job, the expectations that I have of potential lovers in my life, or the the the, the emperor that's supposed to be over my empire. No, I'm not a man. No, I'm not trying to get in his place. Yes, I do know where I'm supposed to be, but one of the best pieces of advice that I think we can do as black women is just to shut up.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. 